Welcome to the Sunday edition of CNN Five Things. I'm David Ryan. There's this meme that's been going around social media recently, you may have seen it, where someone realizes that the way you say 2022 is actually just 2022, as in 2020 the sequel. And that resonated with a lot of people because obviously no one wants to relive those early days of the COVID-19 pandemic in the new year. We were all hoping to turn the page for good. But before we could even get to New Year's Eve, the Omicron variant emerged and it started feeling like March 2020 all over again. Obviously, a lot has changed since 2020 when it comes to treating and preventing severe disease from COVID. But when it comes to our national mood, that seems to be exactly the same, anxious and frustrated. So let's spend five minutes with our chief medical correspondent, Dr. Sanjay Gupta. He's also the host of the Chasing Life podcast, which is keeping track of how we can live happy and healthier lives as we come out of this pandemic, hopefully sooner rather than later. <laughs> so, Dr. Gupta, I'd like to give the country kind of a checkup before we get to 2022. Hmm. Let's start with the pandemic. We're about to enter our third year of dealing with COVID. Crazy to think about. So how are you thinking of our progress in that fight? I think there's been some remarkable achievements uh, over the last uh, now three years, which is hard to believe. We understand the virus better. Uh, we have vaccines. But I think in many ways, I guess because I'm a doctor, I still tend to think of things um, in, in this situation like my own patient. And right. what I would say is that um, this is a patient that is still in the hospital. There have been various treatments available, but the treatments haven't always been taken, carried through as, as well as I think doctors would like their patients to do. I didn't want to be vaccinated. You did not want to be vaccinated? No. You think you'll get vaccinated after this? No. Why? I should be okay now. So if you look at the country right <laughs> yeah. now, about 61% of the country roughly is fully vaccinated. Basic public health measures like masks and, and even testing, things like that, are still not where they should be. Hmm. And so I think... Um, uh, there's been times when the patient's been improving, came out of the hospital, came out of the ICU. But I think right now there's a lot of care that's still necessary in order to nurture this patient, the country, back to health. Why not just make them free and give them out to, and have them available everywhere? Should we just send one to every American? Maybe. Then, then, what, ha then what happens if, you, if every American has one test? How much does that cost? And then what happens after that? Right. I, I, you mentioned testing. I wanted to ask about that because, you know, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki caught some flack a few weeks ago, sarcastically asking, what, should we send out free tests to every American? I think a lot of people were like, yeah, we, that would be amazing. We've since seen the White House <laughs> announce plans to send out half a billion free rapid tests through a website. But why has testing been such a struggle? I think this has probably been one of the biggest missteps um, I think that if we had adequate testing, it would have allowed us to better understand exactly how severe the disease was at any given time and allowed us to be more reactive. Hmm. But I think even more to the point for the average person, let's say they've done everything right, they've gotten vaccinated, they're being diligent about, you know, wearing a mask in public indoor settings. What they're really trying to figure out in terms of conducting their lives is, not necessarily, do I have the virus? The question they're trying to answer is, am I contagious? Could I potentially be carrying this virus, not know it? Because I feel fine. And there is uh, an answer. There's a way of answering that question by doing these at-home antigen tests. And um, right. Do you see that becoming a part of our 2022 lives? Like, say, uh, going to a wedding and 
they say before you come, everybody needs to do an at-home test. And if you if you're positive, obviously you're not coming. Is that something you you see becoming more widespread? I, I think there are lots of institutions that already do this. So yeah, I think it will become more common, at least until we feel like we finally have control over this pandemic. It, it will never be a point, I think, where we say we have ended it. This is far too contagious a virus for that. But at least until we get to the point where we feel like we have it under control, testing is an easy, effective way of keeping people safe and bringing the numbers down quickly. Right. I know you've been keeping track of other health stories this year. It's easy for those kind of to fall under the radar with COVID, you know, disrupting life in in such a way that it has. So what other kind of things are are ailing the country uh, as a doctor as you see it? You know, it's interesting, even before the pandemic, one thing that struck me about the United States was that if you looked at all the developed countries in the world, really, since World War II, all of them had been progressively increasing in life expectancy, Hmm. except for one, the United States, which had plateaued and even dropped in life expectancy. And a big reason was Hmm. overdose deaths. What's scary is it's the smallest amount of the fentanyl. It's pretty striking. I mean, in between April 2020 and May 2021, more than 100,000 people died from drug overdoses. That was the highest number ever recorded mm. in a 12-month period. And most of that was from illicit fentanyl. It's such a tiny amount that we have seen people go out. When you say go out, I mean... I overdose. <laughs> we have to look at this as an unacceptable number. Uh, it's unprecedented, and we must have a response that matches that historic number in terms of... That's one that we've been keeping an eye on and and speaking to people at the highest levels of government, the drugs are, trying to understand what are they going to do about this. You know, New York just opened up their first sanctioned safe injection site, places where people can go to use safely. Is that something you support, and do you think we would see that more widely in the United States? I would be interested in looking at the science and data behind any and all of the emerging harm reduction practices. The other thing I think is just the record number of children with mental health problems. We've seen this really increase during the pandemic. Uh, This is according to the American Academy of Pediatrics. I've gone home a few days and had days where I just cry. And um, as a mom, it's really hard because my kids then are challenged to see that. If you look at frontline healthcare workers as well, more than three-fifths of them report stress and worry, close to half report that stress affects their physical health. The pandemic, I think, no doubt has exacerbated some of this, but these are problems that have been there for a long time. When you're giving your all you, all that you can and all that you are to your patients to help them survive, it's hard to go home and be a wife and be a mom or, you know, or be an aunt or whoever. Okay, let's turn to 2022 then and hopefully better times ahead. What advice would you have for someone trying to come up with a healthy, positive New Year's resolution? Well, there's lots of different things that I would advise. I would say you should start by recognizing, I think, in order to best address things in your body, you have to first really address things in your mind. Hmm. We should all make a commitment to that in the new year. Recognize, I think, when it comes to the big three, um, that we should define these things differently. We think about hitting the treadmill for a half an hour, um, or an hour, you know, and then sitting or lying for the rest of the day. The human body wasn't designed to move for an hour and then sit or lie for 23. 
we should focus on natural movements all day long and realize that moderate movement is probably the most healing in terms of what I was talking about with the brain. Understand that when it comes to things like immunity, most immunity lies in your gut. Hmm. So the foods that you eat in the morning can dramatically impact the immunity you have by evening. And then I think rest, you know, I mean, I was one of those guys who maybe used to brag about how little rest I needed to function, and I've stopped doing that. We've been reminded more than ever uh, over these past three years of the value of human connection. I used to think it was a luxury, uh, just a social sort of frivolous thing. And now I realize that it is necessary and and good for us to really have these deep human connections. So lean into them. Hmm. It's harder, obviously, during a pandemic, but it's by no means impossible. And I feel like I've had stronger connections with people than than ever, really, during this pandemic. Yeah, I mean, certainly working from home um, kind of exacerbates some of that stuff you were talking about. But that's incredible advice. And if you want to hear more uh, like that from Dr. Gupta, you can check out the Chasing Life podcast. A lot more I know to come over there in the new year. Dr. Sanjay Gupta, thanks for the advice and Happy New Year. What a pleasure. Thanks for having me. You too. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Here's something else happening this week. We're expecting jury deliberations to resume on Monday in the case of Ghislaine Maxwell after a pause over the holiday weekend. The former girlfriend and longtime associate of Jeffrey Epstein has pleaded not guilty to six federal charges, including sex trafficking of a minor. The trial included testimony from four women who said they were recruited and groomed by Maxwell to be abused by Epstein. The Sunday edition of CNN Five Things is produced by Paula Ortiz and me, David Rind. Our production manager is Matt Dempsey. Our senior producer is Mohammed Darwish. Our supervising producer is Greg Peppers. And the executive producer of CNN Audio is Megan Marcus. Special thanks this week to Zoe Saunders, Amanda Seely, and Tia Miller. And thank you for spending part of your 2021 with us. We'll be back next Sunday in the new year, and the Five Things team will have all the latest news for you all through 2022. Happy New Year.